Hello everyone. Today I have with us two incredibly talented and hardworking members of the President's Own. First, fellow saxophonist, Master Sergeant Dave Jenkins. How are you, Dave? I'm great. And we also have tubist extraordinaire, Gunnery Sergeant Landris Bryant. Thank you both for joining me. Absolutely. Thanks. So, we're here today to talk about burnout. We all likely know the feeling, but if we had to put it in words, how would you specifically define burnout? Um, I, for me, it basically is just a, a type of a situation where I don't feel like doing something that I typically enjoy. Okay, so maybe more of a motivational issue, right? Sure. Yeah, I think that's a great way to phrase it and look at it is less calling it burnout and more a lack of motivation, maybe, and something that you usually do enjoy. Sure. Yeah, for me, it's kind of different for everyone. Um, but I do think I like to say it's distinguished from just being tired, feeling lazy, or even just fleeting, right, not feeling very motivated. I think it's, to me, burnout is something long term that becomes almost like something weighing on you constantly as opposed to just like, eh, I don't think I want to get up and do this today kind of feeling. Right, exactly. I know sometimes there are days where I feel lazy and I like to distinguish that from feeling burnt out. I don't know. Sometimes I just don't want to get out of bed and sometimes like Dave you said the thing that I usually love doing just doesn't kind of bring me that joy or something like that. But we're all musicians here and we love music. Uh do you remember a specific time in your musical career, whether in school or your professional life that you did experience burnout? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I was pretty burnt out on going to school, um, when I joined the band, but, um, I, I, you know, I want a job and that problem kind of took care of itself and, uh, I've since gone back to school. So, uh, how did that affect you in like your music making or your mood or attitude? What, what did it feel like to be burnt out at school, out of school? Um, there were a lot of contributing factors, I think. Um, I, I mean, I was, because I, play classical saxophone. I wasn't having like a ton of employment opportunities outside of school. So I was waiting tables and I was doing that four nights a week. Weren't um, being hired to play the Glazunov at birthday parties? Right, right. No, <laughs> <laughs> no one wants you to do that. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, uh, you know, it was just a, a grind going, getting up and practicing every day and going to classes and then going across town and waiting tables until 11 o'clock at night, you know, just to, to pay the rent and buy reads and sheet music and books for courses. It was, it was exhausting. Um, so I, that it was a pretty, uh, it was an experience that burned me out. Yeah. Yeah. For me, I say, honestly, looking back now, hindsight is twenty twenty. It started for me in high school. Um, long story made short, I went to a solo competition that I just worked really, really, really hard on. It kind of consumed my preparation for almost the better part of a year. And the competition was not what I expected it to be. My instrument broke the first day oh. of the competition. Oh, no. um, and yeah, I don't want to jump too far ahead, but it's kind of one of those things where it's, I realized, and even to this day, you know, the scar tissue, I despise playing solo literature. Um, because that was kind of one of those things where I realized at the time is like solo literature is not what brings me to the tuba. That's not what I love doing. So I'll do it begrudgingly just enough. But to me, I like playing the tuba in the back of an ensemble or chamber stuff. So yeah, it started in high school and 
still bearing the scars today. <laughs> well, I know we're thankful for your love of playing tuba in an ensemble. We hear you back there, and it's just uh, it's just being laid down so professionally and great. So, uh, you mentioned it not being something that you love to do tuba solo repertoire. Uh, that's probably really easy to see in hindsight. But do either of you know? maybe why you felt these feelings of burnout or what your how your perspective has changed so that you can better recognize what initiated the burnout? I mean, I think that there's always has to be some juice that gets, you know, as a result of the squeezing. You know, you can't just squeeze and squeeze and squeeze and the result is nothing. Kind of like what Dave was talking about. When you're in school and you're doing something, you need to see some benefits that helps you recharge and makes the work worthwhile. For me, with the solo literature, I was putting in a whole bunch of work, learning very technical passages and all the rest of the things, but that's not what I enjoyed about playing the tuba. So I didn't get any benefits from it. So then it just became a grind with no rewards being reaped. No rewards. That's interesting. So uh, I agree with you that for me to stave off burnout, I need to be able to see something tangible that sort of like gives me this feeling of accomplishment. When there's no reward, no juice, then it's harder to keep going and understand why you keep going. Right. So Dave, any perspective change from the past and looking at previous burnout? Um, I think different things burn me out now. Um, I think my prior burnout was just, um, being at a point in my career where a lot of my friends from earlier points in my life had jobs and I was still scraping by and, and, um, you know, and it was for lack of a better word, it was depressing. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, my situation has changed and, and certainly improved different things burn me out now, but, um, fortunately in our job, it's not the same every day. So I, I don't feel as prone to burnout as I used to. Um, and I don't know if that's through diversifying interests or what, but yeah, I don't, I don't feel as susceptible to it as I used to. I think it's a very good point that you brought up seeing your other friends or colleagues do X or Y and thinking, why don't I do this? I think it's a very dangerous thing to too directly and too often compare yourself uh, to people around you, especially what you see on social media. That can definitely, for me, lead to some burnout when I see, oh, X, Y, and Z is going so wonderfully for this person, but we all have our own personal struggles. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And it's almost, I say, the insidious part about that, especially as musicians, as artists, um, is music is our product. Um, teaching is our product. We're supposed to love it. We're supposed to be happy. We're supposed to be always, right, just loving the grind because, right, this is our passion. And so much of it is really hard work and maybe 5% of passion. And you get depleted very quickly on the hard work. And hopefully you get some repletion with the 5% of, oh, to me, I mean, to me, I guess that 95, 5% is just how I see it now. Maybe I'm super dark, but I just think that's just reality. Social media, um, work faces, everybody looks a lot happier and more happy um, to be grinding than reality. So I think, especially with a lot of young people, they feel, well, I just don't feel the motivation. I don't feel the joy that I felt right when I first picked up the flute in third grade. And it's just like, <laughs> sorry, you're, you're not going to get that anymore. Like we're adults. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> or at least every time. Uh, I, I know for, for me, I, uh, a personal experience where I struggled with a lot of burnout early in my career preparing to be a music major is I felt this immense practice guilt. 
like you mentioned, you gotta love it. You gotta be inspired every time you practice. And I didn't understand that it was okay to not be absolutely jazzed about practicing every minute of every single day. I kind of had this moment where I thought, well, I don't really want to practice today. And then I thought, oh, but everyone else around me loves this so much. I feel terrible about this. And that's really what started it. So as soon as I started to look at it in the way that, well, I have work to do and I'm going to go do that work. And it's okay that I'm not like walking on sunshine today about practicing. So... And then it starts to feed itself, you know, especially young students. It's everyone starts, especially right if you're a star young student, everybody's like, oh, wow, they're good, right? They love it, you know, especially if you have star parents. Oh, yeah, you know, my son or my daughter does this and this and that every day. And it just becomes this expectations built up from other people that aren't even really what you feel. And you, again, you feel that practice guilt, but also now it's just like more or less you have a job and a job face that you have to put on. And I find that I discourage that all of my students. It's like, let me know if you don't feel something, we can be honest about it. Um, And we have to, I think, start early being honest about the persona, you know, that we put on the social media face, the work face, and letting young students know that there's a work face, there's a social media face, and then there's reality. And we have to engage and talk inside of reality first you know there's nothing wrong with the work face there's nothing wrong with the social media face but you have to at least know what you need need to know what your face looks like in the morning before the makeup (laughs) i i think that this this uh introduction of social media into the conversation um just touches on a larger point that uh you know people are presenting on social media what they want people to see of them and it it may be a different face or a different makeup than what's actually going on inside. But also I think there's this, this um, undercurrent today of things being made a lot easier than they are. Like it's a lot easier to make a recording now than it used to be. Um, Mm. And, you know, and I think to a certain degree, it's, it's easier to make music at home on a computer. And I'm not, denigrating that in any way I, a lot of the stuff can really be fantastic but i think there's this this um kind of insidious uh sentiment among people that there's it's easy to do um music mm-hmm. and if you if you're really talking about honing a craft on an instrument um there's just hours and hours and hours and probably ultimately years of of time that need to be spent holding that instrument and putting it in your mouth and playing it and figuring out <laughs> how to make it work and how to, how to get out what you want to express. Um, and yeah, I mean, that, that has nothing to do with burnout, but I, I think that's certainly very relevant to, to what we're talking about. So this next question may seem a little silly to both of you, but I think it's something that a lot of our listeners uh, need to hear. Is it okay to feel burnt out? I think so. Yeah. No, I think everyone is going to experience it to some degree. I think you have to recognize it and you have to, over time, hopefully, you know, I think everyone, us now in hindsight, we can look back and talk a little bit about ways we successfully pushed ourselves out of it or pulled ourselves out of it or, you know, again, personal techniques, group techniques, those types of things. But I think everyone will experience and everyone should know that it's probably going to happen Uh, I think too many people are kind of caught off guard and it frightens them once they realize what they're experiencing. Um, And it shouldn't be that way. Um, I like to think about it like every musician knows that physical fatigue is going to happen. And teachers are usually pretty 
anticipatory that they're going to have to let the students know, okay, if you're feeling this, this is what you do. This is how you warm down. Maybe, you know, go easy on this. I think the same stuff is true with, um, again, what I, I, ca I call it psychological fatigue, burnout. Um, the exact same stuff. Great. Do I just need to take it easy? Right. What are the things that really, really, really psychologically tax me? And what do what can I do? What techniques can I do to either make that less taxing or right? I know what to expect going into it. It's going to be eight hours of something that's really, really god awful. And I know once those eight hours are done, it'll be worth it. And I'll be able to move on to something that will, again, replete what's been depleted. So all very good points. I want to go back to what you said about uh, treating burnout sort of as a physical symptom, rather just treating it the same way we would treat a physical symptom rather than just treating it as oh perceived laziness or anything like that. I think that's a very interesting point. It sort of puts it in this more serious category that everyone needs to take a second to stop and look at rather than just push it off to the side. So is there anything about how we collectively look at burnout that you wish we could change? Something about our perception on it as a whole that just doesn't maybe sit right with you? Um, I think that it's pretty important um, for me as I am aging um, to, to find things outside of music that inspire me. Those, those tend to um, you know, they, they tend to alleviate burnout a lot more than, than I ever really thought they would. You know, when you're, when you're in music school and you're so laser focused on your craft, um, and, and even your course work too, I mean, it's all music. Um, you, you lose sight, I think of, of some of the other aspects of life that, uh, that can really become an enormous source of inspiration as you, um, get older and, and continue to grow as a musician. Yeah, I would recommend everyone check out the books by, uh, he's a personality psychologist, Brian Little, mm -hmm. but he's so amazing. And this is honestly where I'm, where I'm getting these ideas of needing to recharge is he talks about, you know, it's, you know, I think he has one, one of his subjects was like a, a, a rock star um, who is actually just a natural, quiet introvert. And after every single show, they would essentially have to go into like detox just from all of the overstimulation of having to put on the act around all of the you know, the loud noises, all the rest of the stuff. But again, that was this person's profession and they loved it, but they had to spend almost, you know, the entire next day in silence in a room by themselves just to be able to do that. Um, and this is true for lots of other people. And again, it's it's not saying that that was a bad career field for this person, because obviously they were very good at it, right? The world is better because that person does that as work. Everyone has to know their own techniques, I think, uh, and also just be honest about what you are feeling and what you're not feeling. I think that's the hardest part. Um, but I think, again, just, again, see a professional. But I think for me, I enjoy reading professionals and reading about other people because it helps me identify things in my own life and again aspects of my own personality that I start to then just you know connect those dots a little bit better but again his name is Brian Little he's a personality psychologist brilliant stuff he has a couple of TED talks if you don't actually want to read a book <laughs> <laughs> well uh, that reminds me previously of what you said about having your work mask your practice mask your this or that like knowing that sometimes it's okay to 
treated as work rather than, oh, I should feel inspired by this. That can make you feel less inspired by that. So we've been talking about it, uh, treating burnout. So let's have a little exercise here. Let's say that you're feeling burnt out right now. What are some things that you personally would do to kind of pull up out of it? How do you deal with it currently going on? Dave? Uh, I probably just go for a walk. Um, you know, get outside. It's a beautiful time of year in DC right now. I don't know when this is going to actually make it to, to air, but <laughs> oh, it's um, always beautiful in DC. Yeah. Dave. So sure. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I just, li I like getting outside and, and seeing nature. Um, uh, yeah, that, that kind of reconnects me to things. And, uh, and a lot of times that means doing it by myself, but, um, yeah, just there's, there's something, um, very refreshing about uh, a good long walk um silence what else do you to do to sort of inspire yourselves finding this other thing outside of music that inspires you what are some of those things for you too um when i'm traveling a lot with work um I, I I kind of exploit, you know, when we're on tour, uh I exploit the opportunity of being in these these um sometimes far-flung places and look for cultural things to do, whether it's museums or, um, you know, other, other kinds of performing arts going on and that might be going on in that town when we have a day off, um, on tour or something like that. Um, but I, I, I like visiting museums and, and seeing what, what culture is out there in other cities. Cause I, I think that, that helps you connect with that area as well on a, on a more personal level, if you can see what they're culturally into. I like, uh, growing things. I'm a huge fruit tree fan. I love, especially if I'm in a new area, if we're on tour, going, looking around to see what fruit trees there are, um, pruning my trees, picking the fruit when, when, you know, when they're actually ripe, that, that does it for me. Well, thank you all for sharing maybe that glance into your personal life. I think it's, in, we've talked about the importance of having something outside of music that inspires you. And I think it's important for our listeners to hear from fellow professional musicians that they have these things that are totally unrelated to music that they do to sort of take themselves out of it. And that might be an effective tool to combat burnout. So thank you for sharing that. I feel as though the more we evolve in our musical careers, the more we come back to dealing with motivation and burnout. It isn't just a spell or two and then it's done or, oh, I beat my burnout a while ago. It's a constant balance of keeping your work going while also taking care of your own mental health. Uh, what are some strategies that you have for not treating active burnout, but more for hopefully preventing it in the future? I personally do look at it as something kind of like a chronic condition where it's like you're going to have it to some degree, learn how to deal with it. Um, I think we're all dealing with it to some degree. There might be flare ups. It might be times where it's not bothering you very bad and you feel right nice and spry and but probably not always going to be the case. Um, so I just want to put that one asterisk there because um, that's, again, that's just my personal view of looking at it. But again, once you look at it that way, I think that changes and starts to answer all of the questions that you asked. Once you put it into that perspective of, of knowing, okay, right, this is something I'm going to have to put up with. This is what causes a flare up. This is what helps the flare up go down. Um, then for each person, I think they start to be able to look at it and find out how they're going to deal with it. I, I've uh, just 
kind of always looked for ways to diversify myself. Um, in in the earlier part of my studies and and my musical career, I was just so my focus was so narrow. And um, now when when I burn out, I look for um, different sources of inspiration. I mentioned that before, um, but I, I look for that career wise too. Um, you know, I've I've been a tour coordinator with the band for a while now, and and that's something that is just tremendously energizing. Um, for me, you wouldn't you think it would be completely <laughs> exhausting, but when we're out on the road, that that really kind of juices me up. Um, you know, being being involved in in that aspect of our our operations, but um, yeah, I just look for for different things to do that are still within <laughs> my comfort zone. You know, I'm not not trying to fail and ruin my reputation, but. Um, whatever kind of reputation I guess I have. <laughs> a, a, a fantastic <laughs> one within the band, Dave. Uh, but I think it's also important to note that the experience of burnout is going to be different for everyone. Sure. People are going to be uh, feeling burnt out at a faster or slower rate. Maybe one thing over here burns someone out super quickly, but this other person just, they can do that forever. So, um, and I know for me, the more that I'm able to take care of myself uh, the more I'm able to stave off burnout or maybe have it be not as bad. If I'm getting my sleep, like you said, Landris, or uh, taking care of myself with my diet or exercise, for me personally, that works, but that might not be the case for everyone. So unfortunately, this lack of inspiration or motivation to make music or practice also sometimes collides with deadlines. Maybe there's a difficult band piece coming up, a recital, or some big project. Is there any advice for someone who is experiencing burnout that also has deadlines that they're supposed to meet? I find that I'm much more productive, and this is going to sound like a cop-out, but I, I'm much more productive when I'm up, when my back's up against the wall. Well, um, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. That's a, a different way of managing your time to help with burnout and help sure. with deadlines. Yeah, I guess it's, I, I'm, I'm front-loading uh, the burnout avoidance. Yeah, um, but... I, I don't know. I'm just more productive when when I'm up against a deadline. So maybe I'm yeah pre pre uh, preemptively <laughs> <laughs> fighting burnout by being lazy beforehand. <laughs> Ooh, that's tough. You know, I think I guess I put things into just levels of like stuff I know I can get done quickly and easily at the last minute if I need to. And then there's right like the middle area of like okay, this is going to take a little bit of work, but I can be kind of mostly lazy with my preparation and then there's the stuff that is like absolutely frightening and if you can't avoid that that's the stuff that you literally have to just you schedule a time every single day that's dedicated for you to get it done and you start early you set an earlier deadline for yourself just to make sure that you have a week to look back over it have somebody else to look back over your stuff to see if it's in good condition and again, that's another week before, say, especially if it's a, a, a competition or an audition or something. If you set your own deadline before, then essentially that last week, I look at it as like, now you're just cruising, right? You've already done mm -hmm. the work and now you're able to cruise as opposed to just like white knuckling it until the last minute. Mm -hmm. um, some people, again, different, some people need the extra adrenaline from that white knuckling either to get over uh, performance anxiety issues or, again, the adrenaline is a nice foot to the backside for some people. I don't like that. That's interesting. We have two almost polar opposite <laughs> answers here, and you're 
two very, you know, accomplished musicians that uh, have a great handle on this and you're able to do all of your work and everything. So I like that we have uh, such different answers here. But I'm right. <laughs> I will say, I think they're both perfectly legitimate uh, courses in dealing with burnout. I tend to lean more towards your side, uh, Landris. I sort of have this mantra in my life, which is front load. If I have this huge deadline, that first week is sort of my white knuckling. I think I've got to get this rolling. I've got to get the momentum flowing. And then once I have the momentum on the project flowing, the last half of that is just easy cruising, like you said. So, Burnout can, of course, affect our mental health uh, as a collective, but at least in my experience, I also feel as though it affects my music making and artistry. Have either of you ever felt really burnt out and just maybe at your lowest, but given a performance that you were proud of? Flip your question, and to me, that kind of makes a little bit more light bulbs go off for me to answer it. It's like, I can think of a gazillion times where I just like was physically injured, um, had absolutely no, was not rested, did not want to be there. But again, something, something internally, there was just that itch inside that just needed to get out. I can think of tons of those instances. And I think those are the ones that keep us, keep us going because they remind us that, okay, like I'm actually still alive, you know, like there's a heart beating inside of me. Like I'm, I'm human. Um, this is why I do this, right? This is what I spent all the time preparing for is when absolutely necessary, I can still kill it, sound phenomenal. I can't explain why, but it happened and the audience loved it or you're right, I kill the audition or whatever. I think th those are the instances that I, I, to me stand out more maybe than the opposite because it, again, especially the tuba player, so many things so it's just dull tuba parts where it's like you're not going to show up being very happy to 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 play that and you're not really going to leave with any type of feeling of accomplishment <laughs> <laughs> well no and i i want to go back to your point of flipping it there are times where i've been tired back up against the wall just n not not underprepared but just like not in the moment maybe physically hurting but i pull through and i'm able to do it Anyway, uh, it reminds me the night before my audition here for the Marine Band, uh, the place I was staying, the fire alarm went off at three in the morning. And in December, we all got to go stand outside for 45 minutes and come back in. And then the next morning, boom, audition. But I felt that drive. I felt that spark like you talked about. I don't know if I've ever had mental fatigue or feelings of burnout and been proud of a performance. I get done with it. And even if it was fine, I'm in a dark place. So I think oh, well, that was okay, you know? So I think maybe this sort of highlights why burnout is important to understand and be aware of because it can have a drastic effect on not just our mental health, but what we're trying to do well, which is perform and play music. If I could quickly, I just that actually made me, I guess, think of a time where I guess I did not do that successfully and I got, you know, instead of having, you know, the right act read to me by my teacher. So I was at Music Academy of the West at the time, working with Mark Lawrence, who's a former principal trombone in the San Francisco Symphony. And it wasn't an orchestra concert. It was just a small, I think, a chamber thing outside. It really was not a very high-profile event, but I was not happy with my playing. And he could tell I was not happy with my playing. And again, it was just like, you're going to have to learn to separate how you feel from making the music happen is you know and again i look at that now as an adult and it's like yeah you know like people are going through 
cancer treatments, divorces, whatever else. And again, not tuba players, but you know, I'm thinking again, like actual soloists around the world who are actually having to do these things every day, um, who don't have the luxury of kind of yeah, being able to hide behind an instrument like I can. Uh, you have to separate the two. And I think you have to realize that to some degree, if you want to be successful, especially on the things that, again, more active, being a soloist, being an actual small chamber musician, um, you have to learn your own methods of separating how you feel inside from the music. For some people, they can slice that very easily. To me, I still can't. So I guess I'm kind of in the same group as you, Connor, and you, Dave. It's like, I can't think of an instance because I've haven't been able to make that work yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's difficult. Well, I want to thank you both so much for joining me today and sharing your thoughts and feelings on such a, a personal topic that we all deal with. Thank you very much for being here. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. This episode was written by Staff Sergeant Connor Mikula, produced by Gunnery Sergeant Patrick Morgan, and edited by Staff Sergeant Joe Cradler. Recorded in John Philip Sousa Band Hall at Marine Barracks, Washington, D.C. 